We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Pat Miller. Pat Miller, the idea coach, helps small business owners understand their customers and refine their positioning so they can stand out and sell. Pat left a career in broadcast radio after 22 years to help small business owners grow. He focuses on coaching, content creation, and community hosting for small business owners. He hosts a weekly small business talk show called, called The Idea Collective Live and two communities, the Idea Collective on Facebook and the Idea Collective Collaboration Community. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am excited to have you here. I know we've got a lot of similarities in, in our love of content and community and networking. So I know this is gonna be a great, great show today. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's get to it. Indeed. So um, my first question kind of ties into your where your background was a little bit into where you are today. But how is running a small business or being an entrepreneur different than being an employee in a corporation? Well, the biggest difference comes from what happens every two weeks. I was in a corporation for a long time, 20 some odd years working for somebody else. And one thing, provided you're not in a terrible corporation you can count on, is that paycheck. Now, maybe it's not as big as you want it to be every two weeks, but it happens every two weeks. So that's what happens when you work for somebody else in a corporation. When you run your own thing... Uh, what's the phrase? You eat what you kill. So if you run your own business, if you want to get paid every two weeks, you got to go out and sell something. And that uh, is what I think is the biggest difference between the two. Now, it's kind of a scarcity mindset to focus on, oh, I got to go do something so I can make some money. But it also allows you to look at it from a supply side and say, whoa, if I go out and sell a bunch of stuff, I can make a lot of money. So there is just a big difference between your personal relationship with your bank account when you work for somebody else or when you work on your own. And that's the big difference I've noticed since I left corporate America. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it was nice to have that consistency. But as you said, there's a lot of opportunity to make a lot more money too when doing it on your own. Yeah. And it's so rewarding too, right? When you think I'm going to make this much money in a month and then you work really hard and you make that much money in a month, it's like, it feels so empowering. And it makes those long days and nights and weekends and extra phone calls that you make, it, it makes it much more satisfying when you actually get to enjoy the rewards rather than being at a capped income. Sure. Indeed. Or working for someone else, really. And oh, yeah. Someone else's bank account get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> So um, your bio talks about content creation, and, and I really want to get from your perspective how content creation ties into building a network and these relationships. Let's talk about that a little bit. It's something I've used a lot, creating content in order to get known. I know that sounds silly, but it's like 
getting to know more people by creating content is not necessarily trying to become an influencer. And you see on LinkedIn or on other uh, social media platforms or even just on people's websites, I'm going to do a blog, I'm going to do a podcast, I'm going to do a show. And they think by doing content, people will know who they are and they'll get famous or at least network famous, if you will. But to me, creating a content is interviewing other people and using it as a networking strategy. So I create a weekly show called Idea Collective Live and it's built on interviewing other people. And I do that because there are a lot of smart people in our network. And when you interview smart people, people give you the benefit of the doubt because you're hanging out with smart people. So they start thinking that you're pretty smart. And then you also get yourself exposed to the smart people's network. So if I have Lori on my show, which I've had Lori on my shows before, Lori has a lot of people, a lot of people respect her. And when she's on your show, then people who know Lori know you. So by doing content and building a stage or having a spotlight and shining it on other people, it allows you to go out and get known by the leading players in your network and meet people who don't already know you. And it's a strategy that I've used quite a bit through live shows, podcasts, um, education nights, networking events. And the strategy has always been build the stage and give it away because when you do that, you get a chance to extend your network to more people. I love that uh, statement there, build the stage and, and give it away. And really it's all about um, being an advocate for others and letting others who don't have that know how to build that stage still get the opportunity to put that message out there. I totally agree. And it's great to shine that spotlight on other people because as you say, there are a lot of people that are subject matter experts, but they're not performers or they're subject matter experts, but they're not often on a podcast or often on video and you get a chance to show them in a different mode uh, and they flourish, they come to life. Something happens to someone when they're being interviewed that's different than when they're the host. When they're the host, they might get nervous or they might have to introduce the show or hit the sponsor or talk about the end of the show. When someone gets interviewed, they just get to show up and be brilliant. And it's a great opportunity and it's a gift to give people in your network. I, I, I love it. I, I love it too. As you know, hosting a, a podcast here, I think you are guest number 286, <laughs> something along those lines, <laughs> 270, 280, something. Um, I just, one of my favorite things to do is, is uh, get someone, give someone the opportunity to, to share their message with the world. And you do a fantastic job and you've got it. Um, I would say mastered on a variety of platforms too. Thank you. Thank you. And it's great to be here. And I'm number 286. Woohoo. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, going back to small business owners, what's missing from most small business owners lives that would help them to perform better? Time off, rest, <laughs> support, all of this soft, squishy stuff that you don't learn in business school. I went to business school. They never talked about any of that stuff. They talk about finance and accounting and strategy and business plans and marketing and sales. They talk about all that stuff, but they don't talk about all of the squishy personal stuff that you need to be a great small business owner because being a small business owner is a lifestyle. It's not a job. And when you build your own company and you build your own thing, it kind of consumes everything around you. You make 
sacrifices with what you eat, when you work out, how often you see your family, what time you get up, what time you go to bed, where you go, what you do, everything changes to suit what you need to do to make money and grow your thing. So that support idea is what I built the Idea Collective community about is the phrase that we use in the group is don't grow it alone. Because when you're growing your small business, if you do it alone, you end up not having accountability partners or people to celebrate your success with or people to just bounce questions off of. That's the market opportunity for the Idea Collective. And it is not just business. It's business and life. Because like I say, being a small business owner is really a lifestyle. And not a lot of people talk about that. And and I wish more people did. There's so much truth to that. Um, And I've not heard a lot of people talk about that, actually. But as you were um, well, mapping out and illustrating it for us, um, it really is a lifestyle. I mean, I, I just reflect back on the 12 years that I've been running my business. And um, it, it is definitely so much truth to, you know, how you, how you take a vacation totally changes when you're a business owner versus just working for someone. Cause you're constantly working the whole time, eating, working, all those things. Um, lots of truth to that. And yeah, you, the support, man, when I found that out, that changed the game. Yeah. And it's tough to ask for support. Most people think about asking for support is help. It's not necessarily help. It's just having some friends you can turn to who understand the journey that you're on. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, what what can that possibly be worth? It can be worth a lot because it's the start of a new year. We're looking at big goals. And to get to our big goals, we have to take little action steps along the way. Well, you can only high-five your dog so many times before it doesn't mean anything, right? You just need to be able to turn to a friend and be like, I'm at 15% for the year. And they understand how amazing that is because it's only, you know, month one of the year or something. Like <laughs> those little journeys and those little steps, those wins along the way are enough to keep you at the keyboard until five, six, seven o'clock at night. And that support is something that miss, is missing for so many people. And uh, it's exciting that that's what the community is providing for some. Yeah, I agree. It's great to have that cheerleader because when, when you are working for somebody else, it's usually you know the, the leader, the boss, mentor, someone above you is kind of cheering you on because they have specific goals to, to field and to achieve. But um, when it's just you, you're your own cheerleader unless you put others like you in that same room with you. And oftentimes the only way you can stay on task is to guilt yourself. I'm going to make 10 sales calls. Well, I only made eight. And then you feel like a failure. No, you made eight sales calls. That's amazing. It's, it's kind of reframing every decision and every choice that you have goals and actions that you want to try and complete. But you know what? Life gets in the way. You got to pick up your kid from school or, you know, the water heater is not working or whatever it might be. Life happens. And that's why having a community is so important. Yeah, I love it. it it's And I agree 100%. It's good to surround yourself with like-minded individuals that can lift you up when, when you have a down day, but you are there to lift them up when they have a down day and keep yeah. supporting each other. Yeah. Absolutely. So the purpose of this show, Pat, is to really be an advocate and to educate on networking and to eliminate any fears that people may have when they hear that word. So can you share with our listeners one of your 
most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? I think my favorite one is going back all the way to the beginning because I came out of corporate America 20 some odd years in the radio business. And when you work in radio, you kind of know a lot of people. And what I mean by kind of know a lot of people is you do business with a bunch of people. So I was the director of marketing and innovation for WTMG Radio in Milwaukee. And I knew all the people in the Packers organization and all the people in the Bucks organization and the Brewers organization, Summerfest, and st- I mean, name it, right? Because TMJ does a lot of business with some really interesting people. But then when I left corporate America, I realized I didn't know these people at all. I did business with them, but that's different than networking with people. And my favorite experience was walking into the Brookfield Chamber, which is my networking home base. And I'm fortunate enough to be a board member there. Um, and realizing here's a room full of people doing business. They don't know who I am because TMJ is not in my name badge anymore. And I don't know who they are because I've never really had a good networking conversation in my entire life. And they taught me how to network. And that is as simple as how can I help you? And then shutting up and listening and then helping if you can. Rinse and repeat for the rest of your life, right? So my favorite networking memory is walking into the Brookfield Chamber for the first time and realizing the difference between knowing people and networking with people. And it was the start of the journey. That's awesome. That's a great story. I love that. I'm sure Brookfield Chamber likes a little shout out too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of truth to that. And it's a a great story that you've, I mean, many years and fantastic um, professional career that you had and definitely some, some big names out there, but to say that you, you did business with them and to realize that you weren't networking with them. Um, that's big actually. And, and kudos to you for having that realization and look at what you've done and, and spun around to really getting to know people. It was humbling for sure. Because when you work at TMJ or any big business, it could be Milwaukee Tool, it could be wherever you might be in corporate America. When you say, hey, uh, it's Pat Miller from Milwaukee Tool. Uh, Listen, we're thinking about buying some digital outdoor. Can you call me back? They call you back because it says Milwaukee Tool on your voicemail. Mm -hmm. When you call that same person and you're not at a corporation, hey, I'm Pat Miller. You have no idea who I am. Will you please call me back? Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. And that was a real eye opener uh, and really you know, charted the course for what you have to build when you're out trying to build your own thing. But it's now set you up to help others that are making this transition. Because, right, I understand a lot of that community has worked in corporate and is now small business owners. It's a lot of them, for sure. And it's also something we try and teach people that are for first, what do they call them, native, native small business owners, first-time small business owners, never went in corporate America. It's still the message and what you have to do to be successful in anything. I've thought about that too. Like, wow, could I be a salesperson? And I used to think, nah, I could never be a salesperson. Now I think, yeah, I could be a salesperson because what do you got to do? Get to know people. Okay. What are their problems? Okay. And then try and solve them. Oh, I can do that because that's what we're all doing every day anyway, if you're networking the right way. So it's it was definitely a mind shift in reframing networking in general that has helped me at least get started. And I got a long way to go, but at least that's helped so far. <laughs> so let's talk about how you retain and nurture this relationship. So regardless of the size of your network and your community, it's important to stay in front of them. So how do you how do you best do that? 
Um, that's a challenge. And it's a challenge because if you're networking in a couple of different places, you have to consistently show up. And there are days when you don't want to show up. And there are times when maybe you're not showing up as often as you should be. But showing up is the rule. And getting in front of the people who, even the people you think you know well, and asking them consistently, what do they need? How can you help? Um, is the challenge. The other thing that goes along this line of maintaining relationships, I think, is being someone on their speed dial that they know you're going to help them no matter what. And there are people who don't want to provide free service, that don't want to provide free help. And sometimes they're very vocal about it. And it, the way I think of it, again, back to the scarcity abundance mindset, is if someone thinks of me first and calls to talk for 20 or 30 minutes about a problem they're having, that will go into the goodwill bank long-term. You will be a trusted member of their community if you're not standing there every time they want to ask you a question with your hand out. So I always try and help first. Don't worry about giving away information. And, you know, maybe I lose business long-term because of it, but I would rather be someone on someone's networking mind as a helper and there for them when they need it rather than, well, I can't call Pat because he's going to charge me. I don't, I don't like to work that way. Sure. No, I think that's a great way to, to position that. So how would you recommend for our listeners, they go about becoming that, that speed dial memorized number, you know, what there's a, it just doesn't magically show up, right? No, it doesn't. And that probably starts by injecting yourself when they need it. If someone's having a bad day and you're in their network, you may know about it because they post about it on their Facebook page or they, they tweet about it or they share something on LinkedIn that, they, that something happened or something great happens to them and you show up and celebrate with them. But again, by showing up, that starts the opportunity and then offering help when people need it uh, is something that that one by one, they'll learn that you're there to do it. But you just have to be consistent and you have to not worry about um, the long-term ramifications. Just be there and give as much as you can. And, you know, I'm hoping, I don't have any proof of concept. I've only been doing this now for not even three years. I'm hoping that it'll pay off in the end, <laughs> right? <laughs> just be a good guy and help and hopefully it'll all come out in the end. That is the goal. Playing the long game. <laughs> That's right. So what advice would you offer to that business professional who is looking to grow their network? I think it's common for people to think of new places to go network. I like to go deep in the places that I'm at. I like to have a few places that are really home base, places that I can get to know a lot of, if not all of the people in the organization, um, as opposed to being involved in six, eight, 10 different networking groups and only knowing 5% of them. I like to show up and be someone that's known in the groups. And you earn that by giving and, and showing up and offering help and, um, you know, getting to know people. But I would recommend that people go deeper in the groups that they're in before they add more groups. I think that's important and something that could pay off better in the long term than just knowing some random people from 10 or 12 different groups. Pat, here's a fun one. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Wow, 20-year-old self. I had hair back then. Oh, man. I would say enjoy your 
hair wash. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is don't going to get my MBA. I did it because I saw the what I want is consider going out on your own. I wish I would have started along and I spent a lot of my career trying to change the industry I was in instead of changing industries. And that was a mistake. Uh, because I saw things I wanted to do differently, but I wasn't in a position to actually make those changes my own self. So that would be the advice I'd give myself many, many, many years ago to do your own thing and don't rely on other people to make the changes that you want to see happen. It's hard to hear when you're 20 years old though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because at 20 years old, I was already on the air full time thinking I was going to be a radio guy forever. And, you know, when you're in media, you just think it's the coolest thing in the world. And when I was 20 years old, how well, uh, 20 years, that was 2000. No, 20 years old was 1994. Holy cow, I'm old. And in 1994, this was like pre-internet, right? AOL was a thing and that was about it. Mm -hmm. So at the time, radio was still a super big deal. At the time, now think about this. At the time in 1994, uh, that was around the time where online streaming was just like pirating. Uh, Napster and such was just getting ready to start. But prior to that, you couldn't stream a song. You couldn't stream a video. You couldn't buy a digital download. The iPod had not been invented. So the only way to get music was the radio and MTV. So in 1994, I thought I was king of the world. And then there was a lot of change. So if you would have told me in 1994, radio isn't going to be a thing, I would have thought you were crazy. Now, lots of things happened since then, because again, I'm old, but... Um, you know, back on the other side of it, I, I'm not unhappy with where I'm at. I just wish I would have started earlier. Sure. Yeah. I remember uh, waiting for my song to come on so I could hit the record button on my cassette tape. <laughs> so I could <laughs> save the song that I like so I could listen to it whenever I wanted. <laughs> That's right. And I was the guy talking over the start of it. You're like, shut up. Oh, quit, quit talking over the start of the song. <laughs> <laughs> or you cut it off early. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what grade I was in in 94, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Pat, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? I think I could do it within the six degrees if I got a little bit of help, because Marcus Limonis has Milwaukee ties. And a lot of folks in our network know him. And I've been trying to connect with him for a long time. But that's one of those big picture asks, right? My dream is to have him do an event for the Idea Collective because I think he's inspirational to a lot of people that do what we do. So I think with a few good introductions and a lot of elbow grease, I might be able to get there. But he's someone that I would love to connect with. And I think we could get it done. I just would need some help with people between me and him. Have you done some research to map out that path of, of where you're going to start to make that happen? I've tried. Um, I found a few ways to get in touch. I found a few people who are considered his gatekeepers. I found some people that have worked with him that gave me some advice. It's not clear yet. And I'm not like actively pursuing it day to day, but it is what I would like. I mean, that would just be, oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I hope that, and I believe that you will make it happen first off. So when you do <laughs> your back, cause I, I, I know that you've got um, the, the grit to get it done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I hope so. For sure. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me a question. So what is something you'd like to ask? I want to know about content marketing. Uh, being the digital goddess and someone that does a ton of creation, uh, I'm curious about how you're using all of these amazing pieces of content that you create to grow the Keystone Click in your personal brand. Well, there's so many pieces of content. <laughs> right. um, I would say first off, it's a it's a constant evolution because you know you've got to continue. Everyone is continuing to evolve. You know, as we spoke about, your 20 year old self is totally different than where you are today. So your personal brand is obviously consistently growing and evolving as you continue to grow and evolve. So the content that I create kind of is following my journey of growth. Um, and I use that to really just showcase my brand and expertise. And I really, um, I do actually struggle with this because I like to, I, I like to learn new things. And when I learn things, I like to share it with the world. Um, but then there's confusion in what is it that Lori does? Cause she has lots of skills. Um, so I am trying to really focus heavily on strategy and the expert in that space. Um, and for the, the content, I guess, big picture, everything that I do for me funnels into Keystone Click. And how many times have you heard that when people say, what does Lori do? Well, Lori does a lot of stuff. Like I've heard that a million times too. What does Pat do? Well, I do a lot of different stuff, but I help small business owners. That's my thing, right? And you do strategy for digital. That's, that's what you do. But like, you're curious about doing other things and, and you experiment with other stuff too. And that's cool. I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I can definitely, definitely empathize with, I'm going to focus and I'm going to be the strategist person. You know, I, I hear what you're saying because I've had to walk that before too. Well, I think being a lifelong learner and someone that is experimenting and tinkering helps to be a better strategist because you've, I've, I've taken in the knowledge and I'm able to connect the dots that say, here's your challenge. This is what I know because of the research, the education, the experimenting that I've done. And this is what I believe is the best solution for you. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Well, I could like interview you for two hours about how to do this better because I have lots of questions, but it's your show. I don't want to hijack it, but that's what I wanted to know from you. Oh, well, hopefully that was a solid answer to give you some, some <laughs> always, a, always happy to talk offline on this topic too. Um, fun. Thank you. Great question to ask. Um, my final question for you is what final words of advice would you offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I would find a way to interview someone. I don't care what modality it is, but I would create a show or a blog or a podcast or something. And it doesn't need to be big and 10,000 people a day don't have to watch it. Uh, but I would find some way to offer the stage to someone that you admire or want to learn from, or you think better yet that your audience wants to learn from or they admire. Um, to me, it's been the way I've grown my network 
And it's also because I was a radio guy and I did it forever. So that's natural to me. But if you're a writer, start a blog and have guest bloggers where you interview them. And if you're a podcaster, create a show and, and really get inside people's head. It makes them feel good, first of all. They'll also share your stuff and tell people how great you are. Uh, but that would be the thing that I would recommend. Everyone needs some sort of content creation where you can give a stage to somebody else because it's worked for me and it, it might work for you. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I'm a, definitely a big advocate of sharing the stage, giving the stage. I love how you position that. I haven't used that message, that language at all. Um, but it, it's doing a couple of things. One, it's helping you create content. You're not doing all the work. You're letting someone else create it for you. Um, and two, you're advocating for someone, which is like you said, showing them love and making them feel good about themselves. But three, they're going to then share it to their network and their audience, which then expands the reach of your message and your brand. So there's so many positives to that. Yeah. And it's fun too, because you get to make a really deep connection with someone and get to know them better. And it's funny how it kind of stacks up over time. Someone will say to you, hey, uh, do you know someone that's an accounting person? Well, yes, I do. I, I interviewed this person. I know exactly what they're trying to get done. It, it deepens your relationship so you're a good referral partner. And that's okay. That's another thing too. Creating a stage and giving it away. Great idea. Uh, it's worked for me. The other thing is really understanding who the people in your network are and who they're looking to meet and being that referral source. That's a great way to build what do you call it? Social capital inside your network is to know, man, I'm looking for a digital strategist, Lori Hybe. She's the one you got to call her. Tell her I said you said to call her. That goes a long way because then you're not only directly helping them with doing what you do, you're also indirectly helping them by being uh, a good partner when it comes to connecting them with their potential customers. So uh, that's another thing you could definitely do is who's in your network and who do they want to meet? So when you have a connection to make, you can help them out too. A hundred percent. As much as you can advocate and be a resource for your network, the better. Totally love it. So Pat, if anyone is interested in connecting with you or learning more about the Idea Collective, what's the best way that they can reach out and connect? Yeah, the website is patmillerideacoach.com. And on the website, you can see the weekly Idea Collective live broadcast. It's three o'clock every Monday. It's also archived on the Idea Collective YouTube page. And if you're curious about the collaboration community, you can join the free group on Facebook or you can check out the Idea Collective. Uh, the link is on the website where you can go deeper with your connections and get that support in the community around you of small business owners so you don't grow it alone. Love it. We will include all of this information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today, Pat. Are you kidding? This is awesome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Super fun. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Pat Miller for taking the time to chat. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, check out our Facebook group. Just search for Social Capital Network. If you want, if you want to connect with me, send me an email, Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.